0: I think a good part that we have to remember as uh, business owners and managers is during those times of extreme stress, duress, and challenge to stay focused, be bold, be strong, and uh, definitely don't panic. <laughs>
1: Welcome to Improv is No Joke podcast, where it's all about becoming a more effective communicator by embracing the principles of improvisation. I'm your host, Peter Margaritas, the self-proclaimed chief edutainment officer of my business, The Accidental Accountant. My goal is to provide you with thought-provoking interviews with business leaders so you can become an effective improviser, which will lead to building stronger relationships with clients, customers, colleagues, and even your family. So let's start the show. Welcome to episode 18 of Improv is No Joke podcast. Thank you so very much for tuning in today. Today's guest is Mark Weisbrood, who is the new (laughs) papa-in-chief because his wife just had their second child. Actually, Mark is a local capitalist in the greater Atlanta area, president of Small Business CFO Inc., and is a CFO for two other ventures, along with he is the director of strategy for Proactive Payroll Inc., Wow, with all of these hats he wears and a new baby, I doubt if Mark gets more than an hour's sleep a night. I met Mark about four years ago when I was presenting at the Georgia Society of CPAs Southeastern Accounting Show. I don't remember the name of the presentation, but I know that improv was brought up during the presentation. The reason why I know this is that Mark introduced himself to me after my presentation and told me that he was a contributing author to the book Improv, To improve your business, using the principles of improvisation to foster communication, creativity, and innovation. He wrote a chapter for the book titled Pro Solution Thinking. You see, Mark has branded himself as the proactive CPA. And I always thought the P in CPA was a procrastination, which really sets Mark apart from his competition. Before we get to the interview with Mark, let me take care of some housekeeping items. I hope you're enjoying my podcast. And if you are, I would greatly appreciate if you take five minutes and write a review on iTunes. It helps with the visibility in the iTunes world to attract a larger audience. If you're unsure of the steps in writing a review, please visit this episode on my website and take a look at the show notes for directions. Now, remember, you can listen to my podcast by downloading the episode from my website or on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Also, if you've not signed up for the SN yes, Challenge, please go to my website, petermargarias.com, and scroll down to the SN yes, Challenge call to action and click to register to begin building an effective habit of Yes, And, and the principles of improvisation. And remember to share your experiences on Twitter using the hashtag Yes, And Challenge. Now, if you're unsure of what the Yes, And Challenge is all about, I discussed this in greater detail in episode zero. So go back, take a listen. Now, I gave my crack research team the week off because of all of their hard work in finding articles and videos to share with you all. They looked really tired and in the need for some well-deserved R&R. So next week, I'll be sharing another article or video with you as it relates to improv. So with everything taken care of, now let's get to the interview with Mark Weisbrod. Hey, everybody. I'm uh, really excited that I've got uh, Mark here with me, Mark Weisbroad. First and foremost, Mark, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're a very busy individual because I follow you on Facebook and you're always somewhere. Uh, I think recently I saw you, you're either in China or somewhere in the far east. So thank you for taking time. I greatly appreciate it. Well, I uh, appreciate being here, Peter. Uh, always uh, enjoy our conversations and time together. So, Mark, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself?
0: Sure. I uh, am a CPA. I uh, grew up in the small uh, firm world and uh, decided to go out on my own. Had a special firm called the small or, excuse me, proactive CPA. And I wanted that to be the mindset instead of reacting to circumstances to be proactive. And that led to uh, a stint in. Improv, where during what I call the small business depression, uh, had to re had to learn how to re communicate to my clients. Being able to re communicate, but also uh, improv allowed me to always look for solutions. uh, Helped address a lot of the challenging mindsets and financial conditions we faced. Uh, So, uh, as we came out of those challenges, uh, my clients were well positioned. About. Three years ago, I uh, sold my tax firm and I've uh, transitioned my life into what I call uh, a local capitalist. I I spend a lot more time with my family, a lot more time volunteering. And uh, I now have a firm called Small Business CFO, uh, where I uh, have invested directly in local businesses and uh, take a CFO uh, position.
1: Wow. that's I I guess the audience have picked up when you said the magic word on why we enjoy each other's conversation so much (laughs) when he said the word improv. And just so you know that Mark is also an author, or would you call it a contributing author in in this situation? Uh, Correct. Okay, a contributing author. In the book Improv to Improve Your Business, he contributed chapter 11 called Pro Solution Thinking. So it's still out there on Amazon it's a good read. I've read it a couple, two or three times over the years. Uh, I always go back and try to reread a lot of my, um, improv, uh, uh, books that I've, I've, that I've purchased and, and just always trying to get ideas. So give us that, tell us how you were able to, cause you said to, to have better communication, looking for solutions during a very difficult time. Is there any type of examples that you could share with us that you did with your clients in order to achieve that goal? Yes, uh, there's a home builder, a
0: $20 million home builder at the time, and uh, uh, my largest client, and I was in my late 20s. I approached him in mid-2007 and shared with him my concerns, uh, and his response was, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but his response was, (laughs) change your attitude or I'm going to find a new CPA <laughs> and uh, I I went well that wasn't the response I was uh, looking for and so I, I said well the problem is probably uh, I'm I've gotten used to my accounting chill and and I need to be able to effectively communicate uh, and a part of that was remembering a, a childhood lesson and, and that was uh, I, I won't tell you the The brash New Yorker uh, phrase that I I was told, but it was, if you're going to complain about something or say something's wrong, you have to bring three solutions or don't open your mouth. Uh, And and so the the combination of of creativity uh, and and solution orienting from uh, that childhood lesson combined with improv allowed me to then go back to this home builder and better communicate the challenges I see and where they needed to try to adjust their strategy going into the tail end of
1: 2007 and beginning of 2008. And, and how did he take to that conversation when you went back to him? Because I, I absolutely love that. Don't bring me your problems. Bring me the problem along with three solutions to fix it.
0: Yeah, he, he listened, and, and that was important. That That's, that's phase one. And it, it, it took about three to four months of, you know, just because uh, I took an improv class or decided, oh, I have a solution doesn't mean he listened right away. He makes his living in this industry. He doesn't want to hear bad news. He has uh, his net worth at stake, he has leverage, and those are risks. So it, it was a thought out conversation and conversation and letting him see some what if scenarios for him to begin making decisions about. What risks were, were acceptable to him? And, and, and bringing up his own examples were, well, would you do this? Would you have done this five or ten years ago? You've been in building 30-plus years. Does, it, does this sound normal to you?
1: So I, I like how, how, you, how you did that. But you put it in a context that he could understand. You said the magic word. He listened, which is which is the key in really everything. But it's really the key in improv and getting him to that point of listening, and then helping him understand the challenges that he was facing. Because, quite frankly, I don't know too many entrepreneurs who like bad news. <laughs> well, you know, I, I tend to be a have a good accounting side
0: where I don't like surprises, good or bad. <laughs> Bad news isn't always bad news. It's how we interpret it. So, uh, the ventures I'm in now all have challenges. I'm there for solutions. I, I want to put my happy face on, but if we didn't have these challenges, good or bad, as professionals, we wouldn't be needed.
1: That's a very good point. You know, I, I believe that I, I embrace change, I actually, embrace challenges because, to your point, without them, what were we be doing? I, it, would, it wouldn't be any, any fun. There wouldn't be any, any, um, it wouldn't just wouldn't be any fun. I mean, it, that's part, I mean, it can go either way, good or bad. And I guess that's the one thing that when I think about improv, it's the ability to take risks, accept risks, uh, accept that failure is part. Yeah, as long as it's not major failure, as part of the, the, the process to find it a better solution. And you are able to bring this at a CFO level to, you said, smaller kind of businesses that are out there.
0: Uh, correct. So the um, the four or five ma- major businesses I'm in now, uh, for the most part, are under $10 million in, in revenues and couldn't necessarily afford a, a full-time CFO position. But with the vision and where these companies are heading, they need that guidance uh, and they need the experience uh, and, and they need someone that they could be open and honest with to help navigate the course. And these are individuals that I've known for, uh, in some cases, up to 10 years. Uh, so there's a comfort already and in, a in, in trust. So uh, you, you can uh, be more direct in, in, in those cases with your communication. But you, you still have to make sure that those experiences, that, that if you have a good idea or a suggestion, you still have to communicate it in a way where, where someone will hear it. It's interesting that this year has been a challenging year in a handful of those ventures. And, and what I've loved about it is no one's panicked. In, in most of the cases, everyone's come back down to the basics. Uh, and uh, in one conversation I had last week, uh, I said, it's amazing how hard sometimes the basics can be. I think a good part that we have to remember as uh, business owners and managers is during those times, of extreme stress, duress, and challenge to stay focused, be bold, be strong, and uh, definitely don't panic.
1: And would you say that during those times of chaos surrounds us, do you think sometimes that maybe business owners or individuals themselves tend to focus on things they can't control and get caught up in that? process versus i think one of the things that improv has taught me is only in those chaotic situations i tend to see more clear now because i focus only on the things that i can't control not the things that i can't control
0: i'm gonna indirectly uh answer that question uh, maybe and uh say that the the crisis show who 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 the real leaders are and who, who who the people on your team who have character are it's really easy to run a business when everything goes smoothly. It's it's really easy to be the nice guy when everyone says hello to you. When you have a couple of hiccups, you, you find out who is ready to step up. For most people, it's very comforting to go back to, uh, during those challenging times, to go to what they feel that they could excel at. But that's only one part of your business. For most of us, we're... As small business owners, we're pulled in a facet of different directions, and we only specialize in a couple of them. And so, we, we have to be really cautious in, in in those times that we're we're not just doing what we enjoy to do.
1: Yeah, we have to do we have to do the hard stuff as well. But I, I like the way how you also said maintain that intense focus and and, and not panic. I think sometimes when we panic we just exacerbate the whole situation even more we get caught up in a little bit of too much drama itself and maybe make more out of it versus at times just taking a simple deep breath and and just let's let's just think this through for a moment
0: that's right fear is a dangerous force and it's uh it spirals out of control and uh, you use all your 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 mind on the mind power on these what if Scenarios that the probability of happening is close to zero.
1: So, so basically, you tell me I need to quit doing the what if stuff if I win the lottery. Scenarios <laughs> <laughs> stop
0: what if and start saying yes and.
1: I, you know what? You may have just coined something there, my friend. Stop saying what if and start saying yes and. I will give I will give you credit all the time for that, but that is brilliant. Thank you. I'm going to write that on my whiteboard after this. I'm <laughs> I'm doing the same thing, and I'll just put a, 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 your name beside it because when I do use it, then which I will be, uh, I will give you credit for that. But <laughs> that that was that was that was worth the price of admission right there. So you're in the Atlanta area. Uh, you remember the Georgia Society of CPAs? Can you tell the audience? I just want to take, I just want to take the little curve here. Uh, I, I do believe, if my memory serves me correctly, uh, over the last year or so, you've received some pretty impressive awards, my friend.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've—I uh, guess I, I've won this, the the Super Bowl and then uh, retired. But uh, in 2013, I was honored with a Small Business uh, Person of the Year by the Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce. Spring of 2015, it was uh, the Public Service Award by the Georgia Society of CPAs. And then uh, I'm going to give away my age to a degree. I was named top 40 under 40 uh, last fall by the North Atlanta Business Post. And a lot of those were just not business contributions, but I love giving back. And it's a true volunteer. This isn't networking. It's not marketing. It's how do I improve my community?
1: Uh, How do I take care of my neighbors uh, in in need? Uh, You are very... Philanthropic, my friend, uh, and once again, congratulations on those awards—well deserved. And I think that's something that maybe we forget about at times because we get caught up in the hustle and bustle of everyday, and then with family and kids and everything else. And I'm guilty uh, of that as well—of forgetting to give back, forgetting to, just to volunteer and just to help. And I'm trying to find new ways of of, of doing that, but. You know, that, that's, that also speaks to your character, which is of very high quality.
0: Well, thank you. And, and I'll challenge you, Peter, is uh, find something you're passionate about. There's a, there's a nonprofit out there, and uh, if you align your passion or one of your passions with a local nonprofit, it becomes a part of you. It's, it becomes very naturally to start giving more and more of your time and resources
1: energies uh to it yeah i i I agree and and i am kivoting a little bit on my uh giving back uh for a number of years i was on the ohio cpa foundation you know helping feed the pipeline the I, i i owe a lot back to the profession i'll keep doing that in different ways but it's what is that passion outside of that? And, and I, I know what it is. I have to take the step and and, and volunteer and get more involved with it. Uh, but that's something that we all should be doing. So we've got entrepreneur, basically extraordinaire, uh, a, a gentleman who has embraced the principles of improvisation and continually uses them, as you've heard him talk about how to make bring solutions. What has been the biggest challenge in all of this that you could say in one Taking that improv mindset, applying it into business, and getting the buy-in on the other end. I I think
0: for me is uh, my personality, I'm very data-centric. So you you could feed me data and then more data. I love it. I can't get enough of it. As a matter of fact, uh, in, in a lot of conversations, I'll give you facts and then I'll give you more facts. And that's, uh, I guess that's my comfort zone. A lot of people don't necessarily appreciate uh, all, the, all the fact stuff because uh, uh, they, they say that's called uh, speaking accounting instead of speaking English or human. <laughs> so, uh, uh, it's, it's remembering that you still have to connect to a diverse audience. Uh, in each one of the business ventures, there's unique personalities and characters and being able to relate to them that means I have to come out of my shell and my, my comfort zone, but I I need to know my personality because the worst part is my personality says under stress or duress, I become even more data centric. And so I have to make a conscious decision to make sure uh, my word selection uh, and phrases are, are are appropriate for this situation. And I'll tell you that, that that, could be challenging uh, uh, to to me. Who who I tend to be more of that accountant personality, and I wish I was a, a better uh, oracle, I guess, uh, communication. But uh, yeah, I have to work on it continuously.
1: I applaud you for working on it because I think a lot of us, a lot of people in the profession who are very data centric. Uh, the profession, the financial services or whatever, don't go the extra mile in one. I call it translating the accounting language, the data into English, because we do speak a different language in the financial community. And, and accounting is the language of business, but we need to become better translators. So I applaud you for, for recognizing that fact and, and finding different ways to connect with others who are not like you. A lot of a lot of people in the profession, and I know a, a number of them, refuse to change that language because maybe it makes them feel smarter than their client. Or, but what they're doing is they're really not connecting with them. And, and you've gotten out of your comfort zone. You've connected with them, and, and clearly, I, I you, you say you, you wish you were, you were a better oracle, but. I've known you all for a while. Uh, I'll you're in Atlanta and and I'm in in Columbus, but the times that we've gotten together, man, I would not call you a data-centric kind of guy. (laughs) So I'm learning a little bit more about you now.
0: (laughs) When it comes down to it, we're in relationships with one another. The the end product when I was in my CPA firm was a tax return or uh, some type of uh, financial analysis or correcting QuickBooks. But if you can't connect with your client, if they don't understand your value proposition, if you can't speak their language, then you're really just a bill to them. They don't understand you. They don't get you. So you're just a bill. And what you want to be is that confidant. What you want to be is that professional, that right hand uh, arm, someone they could turn to Uh, Just not in good times, but in bad times, to present solutions in ways that they could understand,
1: so they could go implement in their business. Man, did you just hit the nail (laughs) on the head? Um, You and and you put it so well. uh, Because, as you well know, in our profession, we we keep throwing around the word trusted business advisor. But to your point, if you're not connecting with your client, you're just a bill. That's right. But you're, you're just the CPA you're just the accountant but when you can connect with them then you've got a different perception about yourself and you you're seen as someone who can help them in their business not just provide this end product and and that's number 2 that you've said already today i mean i i, I don't know if you saw me but when you were talking about that i had my hands up in here going inside my head i'm going Woo-hoo! <laughs> i mean that's i i <laughs> That's what I've been talking about. Um, and I don't know if you saw in accounting today, uh, in the May edition, I had an article published. It says, it's time for us to get from behind our desk. Basically speaking to that point, but but the way you described it of we're just perceived as a bill if we're not cl- connecting is huge. Well, thank
0: you. <laughs> uh, you know, it just reminds me of another example Uh, What I love about some of the different ventures is uh, I get to do different things and and get behind out of the desk and see the other side of accounting. And uh, uh, one of the ventures I'm in uh, imports products from overseas. And uh, to build rapport with uh, the warehouse team, when a container comes in, I actually go there and help them unload the container. And they love to see that the accountant is getting his hands dirty. But I also brought in the uh, account manager who's there every day. Uh, and well, why am I getting my hands dirty? One, it gives me product knowledge, it, get, it has built more spirit decor than I would have thought. Uh, but also, we're doing the count as the stuff comes off the container instead of taking it off the container and then doing the count. And so it, it, there's a lot of efficiency. So, you know, getting out of behind your desk can be very beneficial, just not
1: to you, but for the, the whole team. It's well put because what, what's the CFO doing down here? What, what does he get? What, what? something wrong? Who's what? He's bringing an Excel spreadsheet for me to look at. What do you mean he's rolling up his sleeves and counting? I mean, that's, I can see the warehouse. I, I, yeah, it'd be instant connection.
0: It's great. I don't mind being a little dirty and, uh, we 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 get to high five and kind of feel good about one another. Uh, and, and, uh, it it's good work so uh i've I've enjoyed uh when those containers come in at, at the same time I'll tell you part of that spirit in, in building that relationship is I've missed a couple of containers so today when I showed up I got uh, teased that uh, where was I the last two so uh, so when you start something like that uh, you better stick around.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well said well said. So uh, what, what type of uh, industries are your clients and obviously we got import uh, uh, industry, uh, business what, what else is you managing out there?
0: That one is a water clutching business and uh, there's a small sign shop, a, a development company and a um, payroll company.
1: And is it just you in the business or do you have
0: a team? So the payroll company, I'm a founder, and I uh, sit on the board and give strategic direction. So that's pretty fun. The development company, my role is from office manager to bookkeeper to CFO. So it's uh, it's like a, um, being an entrepreneur, right? I'm janitor, and <laughs> yeah, I have, I have nice initials, but sometimes uh, you do everything. In the uh, water collection business, I'm... Uh, the CFO, and uh, I do a lot of bank presentations and uh, uh, meet with some uh, venture capitalists, primarily to tell them no, but to, to fine-tune my pitch and to hear what the, what the marketplace is, is willing to offer. They've sent me to China to uh, visit factories, uh, to look at inventory timing, uh, increase efficiency. So that that's what I love. I love the challenge, pu- putting all the pieces together, and just just when you think you have them together, then technology changes, or there's some uh, business interrupter that uh, keeps you on your toes. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't sound like you have a boring day at all with all the three uh, with all the hats you're wearing.
0: No, it's uh it's uh, quite quite entertaining. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> so do, do you wait? Do you wake up on a, on a Monday and go? Which hat am I supposed to be wearing today? <laughs> <laughs> well, Mo- Mondays are usually
0: the developer days. So I uh, <laughs> know, know where I'm going on Mondays.
1: <laughs> and you said that you you got to, I, I saw that you were, how long were you in China? I was in China
0: almost two weeks. Uh, started off uh, in uh, the Hong Kong area, Guangdong, kind of up the coast, and then uh, in the uh, Shanghai uh, area when we exited. But just uh, it was, what what an amazing experience! And uh, some people say it's the Chinese uh, love it when uh, you go in person because it shows respect and uh, you know builds a relationship. But I gotta tell you, Peter, I think anything in person or you share a meal or a cup of coffee with someone, and when, when you put that time, that effort or willingness, I think it's just a basic human thing that uh, you're going to build relationships.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. But I like the word respect. Even having breakfast or lunch face-to-face with somebody here in the States or whatever, there is a amount of respect that's, that, that's immediately baked into that. Uh, so you were there for two weeks. Was this your first trip to China? It was my first trip to China. So how's your Chinese?
0: What, what do I remember? Uh, I've forgotten, unfortunately. <laughs> but I, I could speak ein bisschen Deutsch. So, and what does that mean? Uh, a little German. Oh,
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, one of our suppliers uh, for that company is also in Germany. Germany. So you have plans on going to Germany anytime soon? The other two owners enjoy going to Germany, so they'll probably uh, take that one from me.
0: But uh, uh, unfortunately, but uh, I actually really enjoyed uh, China. Uh, it gives you cultural perspective uh, and appreciation.
1: Yeah, I, I, can, I can only imagine. I was in uh, Tokyo many years ago for Victoria's Secret and it gave me a different perspective on the rest of the world. And, and some of the challenges the rest of the world has. Mark, I tell you what I, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation you've knocked two of them completely out of the park and I'm writing them on my, my whiteboard as soon as we're done I can't thank you enough for sharing your wisdom, sharing your stories on, on this podcast I know you've been a great supporter of mine and I'm a supporter of yours and uh, I look forward to our next uh, time we see, to, see each other uh, it's more likely that i'm going to be in atlanta then you're going to come to columbus well don't count me out (laughs) but i look
0: forward to your next trip here
1: to atlanta i i I believe i'm down there in the fall sometime but i'll let you uh, i'll give you that information thank you again for taking time uh I, i i believe this audience is going to walk away with a lot i will have all your information uh your your email contact i won't put you phone number out there, but your contact information if anybody would like to get a hold of you and and especially in the Atlanta area, I want to pick up a new client or two. Well, I appreciate that, Peter. I always enjoy our time together. All right. Thank you. Take care. Wow. Another CPA who uses improv in his business. The difference is that Mark is a practicing CPA and I'm a non-practicing CPA. And in both cases... It works. Mark just absolutely knocked it out of the park in three occasions. One, when he was talking about extreme stress and the key in fighting that stress is to be focused, bold, be strong, and don't panic. I would like to add one additional item to this statement. Breathe. Deep breaths always help calm those nerves. Number two, Stop saying, what if, and start saying, yes, and. And finally, for CPAs to connect with a diverse audience, they need to have to quit speaking in accounting and start speaking in human, you know, plain English. Because if you can't connect with your client and all they see you as a provider of a tax return, then you're just viewed as a bill. Just as a bill just as a cost of doing business versus that trusted business advisor. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you feel so moved, I would greatly appreciate it if you'd write a review on iTunes. I think Mark would appreciate it as well. Now, in episode 19, I interview the wonderful, funny, business-savvy Miss Judy Carter, who's an author of two books, The Comedy Bible and The Message of You, She's a keynote speaker and a wonderful coach. So until next time, use the principles of improvisation and stop saying what if and start saying yes and.